Hi there, welcome to Mzungu. This is a podcast about living and working in Mozambique. We're going to be discussing everything from daily life to development work and all the things in between. Hello, my name is Mina. And I'm Maya. We're living in Pemba, Mozambique, working with the Agukon Foundation on their youth fellowship program. Hi, everybody. Hey there. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Okay, but honestly, a lot has been happening. And, you know, I just didn't want to bring our really fancy recording studio everywhere with us. <laughs> so this had to wait. But we're here. We've got a lot of material for you we today. We sure do. So where shall we start? Great question, Mina. I think we should start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the last big... Like, well... The communications mission. Oh my gosh, yeah, the communications mm-hmm. mission. Wow. I've not spoken about. Great point. That was very interesting. AKFC came for a communications mission to Capo Delgado. They brought, like, a cameraman and a video man and a head of communications woman, and... Um, we were allowed to go along with them and help out as much as we could see the experience yeah it was interesting it was cool to see like we go to some of the they they did interviews in a bunch of different areas so hospital school parent group like different Mm -hmm. programs that Aga Khan Foundation Mozambique is running so I went to a hospital Mina went to I went to a couple health facilities and then just communities for the change groups yeah it was actually nutrition groups yeah so we <clears throat> got to see like both what was going on there and then also like how the communications team navigate it. Which was cool. interesting. And during the communications mission, we found out that there was a potential cyclone to yeah. Pemba. Like category three coming through, super destructive, the channel between like Mozambique and Madagascar, and like everything was gonna get wrecked. And I think we've mentioned before that in March and April, right before we got here, two big cyclones hit Mozambique. And they did, in fact, wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of like, um, hey guys. Just want to let you know that this is going to happen or might happen. So, um, like, what safety protocol? What do you do for natural disasters? Mm-hmm. So we were uh, sent to Nairobi to do some work there. Because there's an Agacon East Africa office in Nairobi. Which is also amazing because neither of us had been to Nairobi and it was like on the list, really want to go explore. Um, and they wanted to get us out just in case the airport got flooded and you couldn't leave. So we had to leave before it was supposed to hit and come back after it was supposed to hit. So it was like, I think, 10 days, a little bit more. Yeah. 12? It was nearly two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So we left on the 30th of November. The cyclone did not hit. Nairobi was experiencing some of the worst flooding it's ever had. Ironically. So that was hilarious. Um, but we've got three other fellows based in Nairobi and a fourth in Western Kenya. Mm-hmm. And so we all got to get together and like go out for dinners and have a few drinks and hang out and like see their office and their favorite spaces. Um, that was really cool. That was fun. I got the opportunity to go to Kisi, Kenya and go to some gender workshops, which was very interesting. It was really interesting to be able to compare them with the workshops that are being done in Pemba and the differences, the strengths and weaknesses of both and what can be improved when I got back to Pemba. A good learning experience. Sure was. 
Um, I did not do that. Um, however, there was a lot I really did like about Nairobi. Like, I just heard so much about it. It's such a cool city. It was really cool. And we went and saw some giraffes, which was amazing. They're all right. All right. Mina has some thoughts about domesticated versus wild animals that we don't see eye to eye on. <laughs> giraffes, you think they're going to be sweet. They have those long necks. You think they're wise because their heads are in the clouds. Do you? I feel like elephants are the wise ones. I don't know. I just feel like they would be nice and sweet and peaceful. And they just wanted their food. You know? Yeah, but like same. Yeah, fine. Whatever. <laughs> but if, I, if I'm going to pay a shiny penny and you won't even let me pet your little... You did pet them. Only because I lured them with food. Because they're wild animals. We've had this conversation before. (laughs) We don't need to have it again. (laughs) Um, What else did we do? We went to like a couple of events with some friends we have there. Cool. The music. Yep. Situation. Yep. We and the fuck up nights. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll bleep it out later. Don't worry. Just kidding. I don't think I know how to do that. Actually, I might. I can figure it out. I'm a high-tech sound technician. No, I think you did a great job, actually. I'll just leave it like that. Um, We had some good food. Both of us did get ill while there, ironically. Mina, very much so. Second time in my life, I'm on an IP drip. Both in Africa. Both in Sub-Saharan Africa. However, Uh we did get to see the inner workings of an Aga Khan health clinic. Yeah. So, chocolate is positive. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did some field work, unexpected <clears throat> field work. It's actually what my mom said. She was like, how great for you guys that you really get to explore all the different like types of health facility and really get like an insider view. And I was like, I don't feel like she feels that way, but... I mean, I had that when I went to the hospital in Pemba at like 2 in the morning. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like research. Ha ha. I hope I don't have malaria. Well, you didn't, so... But this time, I did not... I also did not have malaria, but I did find it difficult to concentrate on the research aspect of the situation <laughs> when I was busy emptying fluids yeah. out of many orifices. It was a good time. She was great. Anyway, that went well. <laughs> we had a great time. Uh, saw some of my old friends. Saw some people Mina knew from her WISC days. Yeah. So Nairobi, very metropolitan, full of humans. And then when she went to Kisi, I came back here to Pemba for legit like three days before we both went off on our various Christmas holidays. So that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but like landed back in Pemba and it was like beautiful and blue and sunny and like hadn't rained since I left. It was like amazing. I was like, oh, the cyclone, huh? And we like moved everything out of our house in preparation, like stocked yeah. up, like took things to the office because it's on higher ground. We're like warning our friends, really ready. And everyone was like making fun of us for leaving. We're like, this is a serious event. I came back and I was like, okay, so. It could have been serious. It is just fortunate for literally everyone that it was not. And it turns out that after we left, well, I was going to Romania and Maya was going to Canada, that there was a severe tropical storm that did hit Pemba. It actually wrecks and stuff. So it, I have now, the count is three bridges have been destroyed going to the north specifically um, to the areas in which we are hoping to implement our project which is tricky tricky working on that um so there's that and our stuff had been brought back to our home so luckily nothing happened but i was i was thinking how ironic it was that we put it up brought it back and that's when the storm hit yeah extremely um, how was your time in romania with your sister 
that's great. Yeah. I hopped around. We went to Timisoara. We went to Galatz, Bogarash, Bucharest. I went to the Christmas market in Sibiu, but only after Christmas. Mm. So it was a little lackluster. She was really excited about the Christmas yeah. market, so this is a huge deal. Um, I was talking about it the whole time. When I was there, I couldn't wait. I also went to the Bucharest one. Mm, but it's okay, because I had my sights set on Sibiu. Why Sibiu? Why? I don't How did you find the any culture shock, any reverse culture shock? No, I think it's because I wasn't going home to Canada. Yeah. And I think in my head, I just had it. There's nothing, aside from the fact that, you know, people's lives go on. I haven't been back. Um, and just seeing like my cousin get engaged, my sister got engaged, just all these like little shifts. But overall, it was great. Lots of food, mm. a lot of food. Jeez. Uh, I almost, my sister almost made lentil soup <laughs> <laughs> to welcome uh, me. Um, that did not happen, and I'm very grateful because all we've been eating is lentils. A lot of lentils. Um, yeah, I went to oh, yeah. Toronto. Yours? Saw some friends and such, and then went down to see my fam in New York, which Woo-hoo. was really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. We hung out for a bit, and then I went back up to Toronto and hung out there for a little while longer, and then got on a flight back here. And it, it was close to three weeks, and I was just like, this has been like four days. Like, it just did not, yeah. especially with travel times, and then also traveling like within that time period. Yeah. Um, but... It was really fun. It was obviously cold at home, so I spent a lot of time just, like, inside hunting under as many blankets as possible. And I was also like, if I go outside for too long, I'm going to get a cold. And I haven't gotten sick the six months we were in Pemba. Like, I'm not going to do it. I refuse. And I, like, held out. And I I got, like, a little sniffling. I was like, it's fine. Like, I can deal with it. I got on the plane to come back. And over the course of that, like, 35-hour trip, I got so ill and I feel so bad for everyone sitting next to me on any of those plans like I would fall asleep and then my nose would stuff up and then it would wake me up and then I would start coughing like every hour and I took my contacts out but I must not have I don't know I must have like I don't know what it was you can get pink eye from a cold virus I must have like coughed in my hand and then touched my eye because when I got back I like had basically a sinus infection I couldn't breathe I could barely talk because I had this horrible cough and I had full-blown pink eye. And I was just, and I was like, Hannah was already back, but Mina wasn't back yet. And I came in, I just lay down on the bed. I was like, oh my God, I was so ill. It was just so nasty. And I was like, okay, but if it's bacterial conjunctivitis, this is like a thing. Like you have to have medicated eye drops and they're not, like they didn't have fucking ibuprofen at the pharmacy here. Like they're not going to have bacteria. I still don't know about antibacterial eye drops. Like that's very specific. Um, and I was sort of. They didn't have it at the private. Oh, they didn't have it at the health club. Yeah. Even more my point. Yeah. Great. Like shit. You know. And I was like, am I gonna? My friend's visiting from Maputo. Like maybe he can bring some up with him. But do you need a prescription? Like what's what am I gonna do? Like do I have to fly to Johannesburg and do it private? What are we gonna do? Um, and I was like back in Pemba and honestly I wasn't unhappy to come back but I was just sort of like this doesn't feel like I just came I just left my friends and family and I'm really ill and it sucks to be super sick like far away especially from your parents and so I was like oh, I don't know about this how did you feel about your return? I came back rejuvenated yeah. and I really came back excited and 
missing Pemba and missing the warm weather and just I feel like I've, I had felt that I got my fill with family like I did miss my parents because they were in Canada but I saw people it was great I had fun I didn't relax so much but I did visit a lot of people and it's people I love so it kind of energized me mm -hmm. um I was ready yeah I was very excited to be back Cozy energy I think I just had like a boost, yeah. like extra life, health maximum, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was good to sort of take some time to recharge yeah. the old batteries and to remember what we like about being here because I feel mm. like if it's too long, the things that are annoying or frustrating can like accumulate. Yeah. But and it's hard to remember like, well, I love that I can do this or this or this. Very true. Yeah. And plus, when we got back, we had like actual like intensive things at work that needed to get done because we were supposed to be having um, annual work plan and data interpretation, yeah. And those were supposed to happen when the cyclone was supposed to hit, mm -hmm. womp womp. And that involved Canadian team flying in. So of course that team was like, we won't be. Yeah, move their dates. Yeah, so it was for the last two weeks of January, which is now. Um, so we like had all this prep to do, and, like the Canadian team was coming in, we're super excited because we love all of them, and part of the Portuguese team, and it was just like, okay, now we're here, like, let's get into it, let's go. Yeah, and it went incredibly well. We've done data um, interpretation so yeah. far, annual work plan next week. It went very, very well. <clears throat> I got to learn more about the ME side of things, mm -hmm. and use some of those critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. Thanks, university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like a group session where we ran through the results of the quantitative study and what we knew from the qualitative and we were just like does this make sense we set targets for the upcoming project um had some discussion about like what we still need to see as part of the ME strategy yeah a lot of our team especially for ME had been missing due to like visa issues or being in Canada or just like various problems and so this was the first time in since I got here that the entire team was in one place working on the same thing so I think that's part of the reason also it felt super super productive is that we we're like okay now we're just all actually here let's go yeah let's do it all the full mental brain power yeah rejuvenate well mostly <laughs> ready to go post vacation um, and then next week we're doing annual work planning Woo getting all those things ready to go yeah and then after next week it is exactly well, tomorrow it will be exactly one meshe. Meshe. Mm -hmm. Month for the uninitiated. We have to call the Portuguese teacher. I'm writing it down. Um, it will be one month until we are done our fellowship. So Monday morning, it will officially have been seven months. Mm -hmm. Well, not quite, because we leave a bit earlier and we got in a bit later. But, like, give or take giving ourselves a bit of flexibility yeah and it has been a roller coaster it really has and I think I feel like we'll reflect on it obviously as we, we leave home. and when we get home we'll do a potty we'll do a potty <laughs> in Toronto <laughs> hopefully we'll both have a little bit of time where we overlap in Toronto that's currently on the table we're trying to figure it out and thanks <laughs> Are you laughing at how good I look? Yeah. Um, so I think we're... <laughs> I think we're both a little stressed outy about, about what's to come. 
in our life. And I think it's important to remember that even when you have these low moments, like we often don't talk, but we see people's success and we go, wow, they're at that job. They work so hard. They got there. But you forget that like six month period where they were completely confused, mm -hmm. disoriented, full of anxiety, mm -hmm. scared of the unknown, out of their comfort zone, spiraling downwards, you know, the usual. Oh, I know. Yeah. And like, we're obviously posting pictures of us like in the field when it Ooh. happens or like on the beach, this amazing experience we had or like when we were driving around, like look at these cute shots we took of each other in our fucking bathing suits, having being Insta models. And it's not pictures of us like legit crying in the corner because somebody said something that we didn't know how to respond to and it was just too much after a week of things being too much. Like, yeah. And we're talking about how well we're adjusting. We're not talking about like, okay, like this maybe shouldn't have been as stressful as it was, but it was. Why? And why am I so upset about it? And I don't understand. Like, there's so much to process. Yeah. And I think yeah. people don't talk about it enough. For example, Jesus. You may be surprised where I'm about to go with I this. I am interested, <laughs> intrigued. So, you know, he had disappeared for like how many? Like, they, we don't know. After he was like from 12 to 30, no one knows what he did. No one knows. No one knows the story of Jesus. Like, he just <laughs> did whatever. And then he came back and he's like, I'm ready. Let's get baptized. Let's do this thing. But what were you doing for those 15 years? You know? Story of Jesus, everybody. <laughs> And then he was like, let's get some baptism going. And then everyone was like, boom, crucifixion. I don't think it was so boom. Like, you know, the Bible talks about it. But there was there are legit gaps. Okay, this is not the okay, point. The point is, the, is point, the point? The point is that no one talks about the difficult times. And we just Okay, but the Bible celebrate. is literally all about Jesus getting crucified, isn't it? No. I mean, I've never it's read it. journey. Yeah, but he journey. gets crucified at the, at the end. end. It's like the end of the movie. I'm just <laughs> you just you just say they talk the about it literally. I mean, just speaking as a Jew, the only part I really know about this is the trials and tribulations. You know what I'm saying? Well, like we talk like about the hard times. Anyway, I agree with you. I don't know why I'm fighting like this. In the desert, forty days, forty nights. People wandered for forty years. Okay. <laughs> he is your people. It's fine. Just trying to say. Moses led them into the. I want to say it was Moses. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, the point is sometimes things get tricky and you don't know where to turn. Yeah, you look at Instagram and social media and everyone's doing bam, bam, boom, you know? <laughs> it just frustrated. Uh, I think this comes from a place of us pain, pain yes. Uh, but I was also going to say that we've been doing, um, we have two hours each with a career counselor through our fellowship and we are really trying to take advantage of that before we leave making sure we've Sweet. done stuff um, and we've also been like sharing some of the things that the person has recommended and sort of saying like how can we you know use these to help each other be held, hold each other accountable yeah. um, like and especially with these annual work plan meetings it's a little exhausting like everyone says applying for jobs is a full-time job and it's so true so you have like a long day, like they've been long days, and then you come home and you're like, I need to just watch Buffy Vampire Slayer and have a glass of wine. I do not need to look at jobs that I don't qualify for and feel like crying. So we were like, okay, weekend days, like this is the time. Mm -hmm. And we've been running through like picking up jobs, seeing the ones that really interest us, understanding why they interest us. Do we have the skills? Do we not have the skills? What do we work on? Yeah. 
And so there's definitely a place where both of us are sitting and looking at stuff and being like, um, okay, where do I want to be? What do I want to do with my life? Can I get any job? No, I can't. Great, great, great. What's the point? And I think we're at a particular point where not only do we miss our comfort zone Mm -hmm. and our home and our security and our network, but we're also trying to incorporate partners Mm. and then being close to aging parents. Mm -hmm and thinking what's good for our mental health and then also thinking pay and what do I want in the long term can this feed into it yeah, do I have enough savings yeah mentorship is it organized yeah will I get to be a leader there? there there are so many aspects which I think is great that we're asking them but also very at times frustrating and exhausting and disappointing I won't yeah. cry you're, you're gonna cry I'm gonna we're fine it's fine it's all fine I think we're just looking for a lot and and we've had a lot of time to think about where we want to go next what was good about this for us what was bad about this for us how can that help us navigate what we're going to do next which I think is a big part of what the fellowship is supposed to do but the other thing about doing a fellowship is that I mean there are some extension options I think because of our particular situation it's a little bit more convoluted than it might be um but taking it at face value, you've got an eight-month period of time, and then eight months is done, and then you're like, okay, my now I'm done. Ah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I, I think, it's similar to a contract position, but also, I don't know. It doesn't feel the same to me, right? Like, when I was signed on a contract, I'd be like, okay, um, I would, it would be very clear really early on how that extension on my contract would or would not work, or if this really was just a temporary position, and I would know that I was staying in the same place, probably like have a foundation from which I'm working from. And I think it's a little disorienting to be like, okay, but when this is done, I am going to go. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, like we are trying to work around partners. We're trying to work around lifestyles. But then there's also like, okay, you could literally be anywhere doing whatever you want. And then you're kind of like, oh, that's too, nope, that's too much, too, too much. Thank you. And it's the black hole. Yeah. The infinite black hole, which is both exciting, black hole of opportunities, mm-hmm. exciting and terrifying. So we are trying to stay positive about it. Let's name one thing we have taken out of this fellowship. Okay. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think I'm really grateful and appreciative that I got to live in a different context Mm -hmm. and to learn more about Mozambique because I didn't know anything about Mozambique. No, me neither. Um, And I'm grateful that I got the opportunity to be more involved with the health aspect of things Mm because I've really focused on education and I've always been curious but it just isn't where my path took me. So I'm very grateful and I'm really liking it and I think it will kind of change how I look for jobs now. Um, and being able to learn about the gender context, I think, has been super helpful. Having Elsa as a mentor for Mm. me was very helpful. And I think, as we've talked about learning bits and pieces of things, like learning more M&E stuff from you, getting to do a bit of, like, getting to do a draft budget, doing environmental assessment. Granted, it was a one or two or three time thing. Mm -hmm. But... So I didn't get to, I got to experiment with that skill, but not so much develop it right. as a concrete. But like confidence. learn what your yeah. thoughts and like what and it I, looked like. And I saw that I was able to learn. Yeah. And Which is huge. to take it. Yeah. 
to take the leap. How about yourself? Um, I think I really, I think I maybe didn't, it was true, but I maybe didn't know how important I think um, mentorship or working for someone who can sort of like lead and guide me through what they're doing is for me because I totally value um, the my own ability to like do research, understand, figure out ways that I think are good to do things, um, try and understand what other people are doing and, and rationalize it or innovate from it. Like I value that a lot. But I think this particularly, and again, this is beyond anyone's control, but the fact that my supervisor, who I was really excited to do that with, was unavailable for six months because of visa issues. So it made it really clear to me how much I valued this idea of working with someone who could say like, well, this is how it's already done so that you can grow from that point as opposed to growing to the point of knowing how it's already done, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that was starting that, from scratch. Exactly. Like, that was sort of an inverse learning experience is that I very clearly super value, like, mentorship from someone mm -hmm. who I can really pull experiences from. Um, on the, like, more positive end of things here, it was really interesting to see the coordination between, like, north-south and development. So I've worked in both places, but I've never worked within an organization that was organized the way that Agricon is, like offices in each different location. So to see the relationships between the office in Canada that works with the funding donors and then the office here that carries out practice and implementation, like learning how to navigate that and how that affects planning and program implementation and development was super, super interesting. And then just seeing how the evaluation of like a really large scale project huge. starts to manifest and it is huge. and. I mean, it's obvious, but I think we don't think about it. The bigger something like that is, um, the more convoluted it gets because you have to think about the same components just made harder, right? Like if you're implementing a small thing, mm -hmm. you're gonna measure six targets and you can put them all on one sheet and you can do it as much as you want with that one health worker that's in that one place, yeah. right? Um, but if you're measuring, I believe 85 different indicators, Correct plus a couple of non-PMF ones, and you need a bunch of tools to measure the process and the outcomes yeah. and all this stuff, and you've got four different groups, but then within those four different groups of implementers, they each need to measure like 25 things. So they have three documents, but that's too much for them, and how frequently are going, and how much can you combine, and like... How much can you remember while you're in the field? Yeah, how much can you do effectively and efficiently, make sure you have quality data, right? Like these are all things that I think I peripherally knew and also the things that haven't been solved yet and, and might not be while I'm here slash ever, but it's been interesting to be part of the conversation of people being like, we recognize that this is an issue, let's start brainstorming. I think we have a lot of passionate people. Yeah, and I think there's some stuff, like for example, the BCC that everyone's a little bit new at. So it's, it's a learning process and I think it's about being patient and also being present, which I think it's difficult to coordinate for a bigger group. Yeah, and also a very disparate group, which is what we have here, especially because this team, we're not talking just within Mozambique, which is all already pretty scattered. I mean, you've got that, at, right? Like our office is coordinated into six different spaces. Silos. Yeah, so it's super siloed, people are divided. Then you've got this office and the field office and the Maputo office. And then on top of that, you've got the team that we're working with in Canada and in Portugal. 
right? Like there's so much, and then you've got all these like really far out districts, some of which are almost impossible to get to now, right? Like it's stacked sure up. communication when you have internet that goes out, when you have actual cell service that you can you you can't know if the chain group's happening. What if there's a storm? What about the bridge, for example, the bridges that are now destroyed? How do we get there? And how do we make sure that the people that are out there are getting the information we want them to yeah. in the way we want it to be? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of this is just happening now, which maybe explains some of our frustration from earlier months, mm-hmm. is that we were like ready for that, like we wanted to be a part of that, um, and to understand what was really going on and all the factors underlying it. But as it comes, is good. Uh, you know, we're picking up things, and that's, yeah, that's the thing. And soon, perhaps in a month, we will be elsewhere. Imagine that. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we will be crazy it is it's actually crazy it's weird the three of us have been living together and working together for such a long time it's a we are definitely a hive mind it's been very intense in a lot of ways yeah. positive and negative both like the world around us and between all of us mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a really I mean it's a very intimate bond like it is yeah. like it's a very shared experience like there's no one else we could yeah. Two, except for the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like even the other people we know in Pemba, I feel like have had very, very different experiences than us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, we'll share that for a long time, and I think we share a lot of other things too. Yeah. So it's been nice. yeah, it's good. I'm excited. Me too. See what the stay, future holds. Stay tuned for the next podcast. Eminem. <laughs> I think that name's taken. <laughs> no. Nice. All right, come on. <laughs> All right, maybe we could call it there. I feel like we yeah. nailed this. We don't have a Portuguese word of the day. Um, flores. Flores, flowers. Our cleaning lady brought us flowers. That's very nice. <clears throat> um, semana. Ooh, ra is frog. Or how Dallas says it, fuck. <laughs> I told you you were going to enjoy him saying frog. Uh, with the rainy season, literally thousands of frogs have emerged, and they just and covered dead. every surface, and then they all got stepped on or run over, and everything was covered in dead frog. It was a lot, but the word for frog is ra. So there's your word for the day. Good one. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye now. Bye. Bye.